Hello and welcome back to the Stadio podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Confused. I'm really confused, Musa. Confused? <laughs> about life or just the, just the Bundesliga? Well, there's football back and we have to talk about it. It's really confusing. It is confusing. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> What's the opposite of withdrawal symptoms? Restoration symptoms? The joy comes later because there's this hesitation of this is actually here. This is actually happening. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. There's still a weird um, moment of that, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we get onto the stuff, though, the football, a couple of bits of admin. You've got a new piece that's up on the website. I do today, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Which I would recommend going to read about the experience of watching the Bundesliga over the weekend, um, focusing on the Dortmund Schalke game, and your experience going to get a pizza. Yes, at the very good restaurant whose name shall remain undisclosed in this podcast <laughs> you know what it is Ryan I told you what it is because I like you but I've got to leave something you know what this is you know what this is you know what this is <laughs> also I had a piece on the ringer that went up on Friday called the Bundesliga is back in body but not in spirit and it was very much focused around the context that the Bundesliga resumed and probably something we'll touch on later in the podcast but how it's very much just more of a necessity to get back to the point where we want it to in the future as opposed to a new forever normal. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Also, I want to give a shout out to Ryu Vokal, esteemed sports photographer, friend of the podcast. We've pushed it a couple of times through the Instagram. He's doing an offer on, at the moment on all these photos. You can basically pay what you want and you can turn them into prints and stuff like that. So if you go to Toxwade, T-O-K-S-U-E-D-E on Instagram, Go and check him out, check his website and yeah, recommend going and if you can go and supporting him. To be honest, that's a, that's a great shout because I, I need some decorations for my flat and those photos are incredible. Yeah. I mean, they're amazing. Yeah, definitely. Also, you and I were on Football Weekly. We were. It might be up by the time you listen to this. We did a rewatch of the 95 Champions League final, which was probably not the best choice. That's on me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But we also chatted about the Bundesliga Archie Rintuck came and joined us as well. Barry absolutely slaughtered me at the end of the podcast oh when God. I was trying to stick up for him. Oh God, yeah. No good deed goes unpunished. So mean. This is the last time I played Good Samaritan on a podcast. Exactly, exactly. Finally, before we move on to the football, we had a studio sessions on Friday. It was a guitar music special, I suppose, just loads of different guitar music. And I promise a shout out to whoever spotted the Mogalar sample, <laughs> which was the sample to Welcome to Detroit by Dilla. PM Graham. So I said I'd give him a shout out on the podcast. So shouts to PM Graham, first one in the chat room to spot that. It might be up by the time this goes up. So if it is, check the description in your podcast app and it will have a link straight to it. But yeah, I think that's all the admin for now. Right. Yep. So football, actual football. Yeah, let's uh, go to Dortmund Schalke, shall we? Let's start at the top of the bill. Yeah, I mean, if there was ever a game that was going to highlight this new normal, probably the, the Revier derby. Right. The feistiest and fiercest Bundesliga derby. And I think this atmosphere helped Dortmund because it allowed Schalke not to feed off that underdog mentality. Do you know what I mean? Not to feed off the animosity of the crowd because I think, you know, Schalke have had a strange season. Their defence actually has been quite good in certain patches, but they were really poor defensively the other day. And this is really, I mean, they haven't got that much to play for. Maybe a European spot if they really, really push. So this game was huge for them. And I actually feel a bit sorry for them. They didn't have the full crowd experience. Schalke or Dortmund? Well, I think both of them. I think I think Schalke to a certain extent, but also Dortmund, because this is a fixture ultimately that 
regardless of your affiliation, you look forward to in the calendar. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to go last season and it was one of the rowdiest atmospheres I've ever experienced. Very, very fiery. But I actually said something on Football Weekly about this and it's a topic that someone actually asked a question on. I think Mash St. Paddy asked the question, actually. Yeah. yeah, it was. He said, fans can either make or break a team. Is the 12th man really a thing which Bundesliga teams are likely to suffer slash benefit from over the next eight games? Now, we got into this a little bit on Football Weekly, but we might as well go into it here a bit. Yeah, why not? Bar a few teams in the Bundesliga, the atmospheres are always extremely high. And like we said on the podcast last week, this isn't the Bundesliga in its full form returning. This is very much like a I've used that phrase and I used it in the, the ringer piece, an industry returning under strict circumstances in order to secure its kind of future survival. But I do wonder whether there's an element here that may benefit Dortmund in the run-in. Now, as I said on Football Weekly as well, I caveat it by saying that Dortmund fans are among the best in the world and that stadium creates an atmosphere that is among the best in the world. This is still a young side, for example. But I do think that Dortmund last season really... They lost 4-2 at home to Schalke and then went to Bremen the following week and wasted a two-goal lead to draw two all. And that was really where their title campaign came off the rails. They could have afforded still just to go to, to Bayern and draw and ended up getting hammered. Because if you think about it, these are professional footballers who are used to playing in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Right. The only time they don't are pre-season friendlies. Right. So I wonder if there's an element there that may benefit Dortmund in the running where the removal of any kind of pressure, especially for away games, but also for home games as yeah. well, may free them up a little bit. It's almost like tricking them into making the games feel as meaningless as possible in order to really let them play openly. That's a great shot. I think that might probably works for Gladbach as well to an extent because this is Gladbach's first sustained championship run this deep in a while, in a long while. So maybe to a certain extent it helps them. Because also here's the thing that I think is interesting. Both these teams lack championship winning experience. Like Whereas Bayern are the oh complete opposite. Yeah. Bayern are just, they're just laughing. They've almost got, you know, if anything, they've got, you know, too much. Um, these people have got like four or five, it's not abnormal for a member of the Bayern squad to have four or five straight championships at least under your belt. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a great shout for Dortmund. And that's completely right. Weirdly, I think you kind of saw the first inkling of that on the weekend because they were brilliant. They absolutely blew Schalke away. Schalke didn't really have a sniff apart from the first. They had that one chance that was blocked really early on, but Dortmund was so free-flowing and played some really good stuff, hit Schalke quick and, you know, I mean, you saw it for the fourth goal, Guerrero second. He's the furthest man forward. He was the left back. Unbelievable. Well, left back. Yeah. I mean, there was, it, actually, I want to point out this, uh, his finish. Did you, his finish was such a weird angle. It was like, Raf, get a right foot, man. <laughs> it was he like bent watching, his body almost at yeah. 90 degrees just so, so he could make sure he left-footed it into the corner. It was like a pro, it was like an ISS Pro 98 finish. It was like watching Ashley Cole run, a, you know, Ashley Cole used to cut off the left flank because he didn't get forward that much later in his career, Ashley Cole. But watching him come down the left flank and like cut all the way across so he could get it back onto his left foot. It was hilarious. Yeah, you're totally right. But I mean, it was it was another great goal. Yeah, yeah. assist from Julian Brandt, who I thought stole the show. Um, we actually had a question from the great man, Dembo, Stefan Ersfeld, who just said, who is Julian Brandt? The truth. He's the truth. That's the what he truth. is. I'd like to say the goat of the future. Was it? The Sieger der Zukunft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, Zukunft Sieger. 
You know, Germans put it, they just put it together. They call it Zuckensieger, wouldn't they? That's so good. The future goat. But he was brilliant, man. And he's really, I like him when he's allowed to roam. He's a tall kid, six foot, six foot plus. It's like Raquel May with more energy. Ooh. No, in terms of the move, you know, Raquel May didn't like, he didn't like gun it. You know, he, he ran, but he, mm. didn't, he didn't gun it. But Brandt was like a nominal position, wide left. But if you look at the positions he took up, he was right flank, dropping deep. He was everywhere. Well, he has such a broad skill set, Julian Brandt. I think that if he can build more composure in those deeper line positions, because he's so used to getting the ball further up the pitch where I think you have more space. It's like you said that time when we, were, when we did the passing episode. Playing centre midfield is like operating air traffic control, but also flying a plane. Yeah. And I still think he's getting used to that on a regular basis. He did have instances when he played in that way at Leverkusen, but it's become a little bit more frequent, especially last season. Well, this season, sorry. But yeah, I just thought he was brilliant. I thought he was by far and away man of the match. And that was in an 11 where there were a number of really decent performances, I thought. Very, very good. I mean, actually, he was perhaps the player of the weekend. And it was looking at um, some of the ratings. I think it was, I wasn't sure if it was Kicker or one of the web- one of the leading German websites. And yeah, that's right. Holland, Guerrero and Brandt were all like, I think they were three of the top four performers, which says everything about how good Dortmund were. They were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, they were helped a little bit by Marcus Schubert in the Schalke goal. I don't think he had the best game and it was... There's that strange situation where they have Alexander Nubel on the bench, yeah. who's bound for Bayern soon. But yeah, all in all, a really, really impressive win for Dortmund. First time they've beaten Schalke at home in five years. I mean, I watched the games on the Saturday afternoon on the in Germany. Sky have this thing called the Conference, so it's a for NFL fans. It's kind of like the red zone, but for football. So they'll just cut between games. You all of a sudden you'll hear like Tor in Leipzig, and it will cut over. And I found that experience of watching these games less alien compared to just focusing on one game without the fans there. Yeah. Because it was kind of, I was multi, I was actually cooking in the afternoon. So it was, it was like, had it on, it would cut to get, it would cut from here to there and everywhere. And it was, and that found the process less jarring watching the games. Yeah, I think that's Did right. you watch it on the conference? Uh, yeah, I was also cooking. But before we go further, what, what were you cooking? Just to give the, the listeners a glimpse <laughs> behind the curtain. <laughs> they made a chilli on the weekend, so it was, it was, you know, one of that's, those... That's your weapon of choice, isn't it? The chilli. If in doubt. If in doubt, exactly. The go-to. If in doubt, more clout. <laughs> Make it spicier. Good times. Spicier than a Musa hot take. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> enough of me, enough of me. Uh, no, but back to... <laughs> Never enough. Um, but back to, back to switching between games. <laughs> what was good in terms of switching between games is watching the different pace at which teams were taking it. You know, some actually flew out. I mean, this is a slightly later game, but watching Eintracht against Gladbach, Gladbach just, you know, exploded. There were some teams that kind of, you know, easing their way into the game. Gladbach were like, we're going straight for the neck. And they were, what, 2-0 up in seven minutes? Yeah, I thought it was too easy for Gladbach, personally. Way too easy. Yeah, but they're struggling, Eintracht. They're struggling, weirdly. They are, and they have been struggling for a while. Yeah. But I would say um, Eintracht, yeah, they're right. They gave it up too easily, but Gladbach looked really good. The thing I love about them is that every time I watch them, they've got a new playmaker. As in, when I say a new new playmaker, someone different runs the game for them. Are you saying that this week they had a player maker? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Come on, low-hanging fruit. Listen, fair enough. I've got to give you that. Player was very good, but... um, 
Ben Sabaini, the left back, was brilliant. He's been really good this season, actually, was, I think. He was one of your guys. He was an Arsenal guy for a bit. He went on trial. Arsenal. I mean, sorry, sorry, said it's one. They all, they, they all tend to at some point. <laughs> you know how Wenger would always say, oh, we could have had that person. And everyone goes, no, you couldn't. And they actually look and they go, no, it was actually true. And very yeah. often what happened was, it wasn't Wenger that said no to the player. It was the player that said no to Wenger. Then, oh. everyone, then everyone feels really guilty because everyone's like, yeah, keep going. Everyone's like, Uncle Wenger knew best. <laughs> Uncle Wenger knew best. And these people. Are you <laughs> <It's>, done? <laughs> ben Sabahini was like, this could have been us, Arsenal, but you're playing. Oh. He, was, he was very, very good the other day. Um, yeah. A little bit lucky on the penalty. Kevin Trapp almost saved it. But, if, what, but the, the, his, his skill for the first goal, if you get a chance to check it out, I mean, this poor guy, this guy got sent three different ways down the autobahn. Um, so yeah, check it out. <laughs> In Marco Rosa watch. Tracksuit. Puma tracksuit. Gladback tracksuit trousers, but a plain Puma tracksuit top. Energy. Interesting. He had the, do you know what he, he looked like at the weekend? I was actually chatting to Jess Malone about this. Shouts to Soccer Sabbatical. And I was saying, he's got the energy of one of two guys who's in a pub car park about to brawl, but he's the one who's like pulling all the martial arts moves. <laughs> Some guy gives him a load of shit and offers him out. And then all of a sudden, Marco Rosa turns up in his Puma tracksuit and starts pulling roundhouses on people. We're like, oh no, there's what a, the hell? There's a slight Kalasnats energy there as well. Yeah, big. Always is, on his toes. There is. Do you toes, know what? Two directions. I think he's aware of, you know, I think, I think Marco Rosa is aware of the Thirst Trap community. Yeah. I think he's aware he of it. He needs to rough it up a bit. <laughs> he's responding. Do you know, I think that, that tracks him as fan service. I think he knows what's going on. I honestly think that our thirsting has, has got to him. <laughs> and actually someone tweeted us last week apologies I can't remember who it was but they were saying that since we since we posted the thing last week which Gladback t- retweeted their Twitter account has just been posting pure Marco Rosa thirst traps all the <laughs> rest of the week couldn't they a said it yeah <laughs> and shouts to Fotmob as well in their preview for the Bundesliga size they actually included in their Gladback one as Stadio points out, the most handsome manager in the league. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, one interesting thing on Marco Rosa, though, when Ben Zabaini uh, hit his penalty, it cut to Marco Rosa and he shouted, yes. I thought that was quite interesting. No ya, no ya vol. Yes. Ah, so maybe that's the language they all speak. Maybe that's the language they all speak in the dressing maybe. room. Maybe. Uh, I want to shout out Eintracht defender Martin Hinteregger, though, who made one of the most unbelievable goal line clearances. <laughs> Unreal. Against three guys, it was unbelievable. I mean, ultimately, it was trivial at the end, but I was watching it just, I, and I could not figure, I had to watch it three or four times to figure out how that had happened. Hoffman was eight yards out, mm. and he anticipated where he was going to put it. And it was such a great save with his feet. Yeah, and Hoffman had two guys square. Yeah, exactly. It was such a great save that it made him look greedy. And it, was, it wasn't greedy, it was the normal thing. You should shoot from there. Very good game, Matt. Where should we go next? I'm so overwhelmed, Moose, that the Bundesliga's back. It's back, it's back. Do you know what I found really interesting was that, and it was quite nice, I tweeted about this actually, was that usually on Saturdays when football's rolling, everyone's attention is so scattered. Some people tweeting about the Premier League, there's some people tweeting about the Championship, but the La Liga guys, you've got the Bundesliga guys, you know, everyone's attention is split. And what I found quite nice in a way was that the entirety of football Twitter were all watching the same thing. Yeah, there was something that, quite unifying about it. You know, I mean, obviously, we're not going to caveat every positive point that we make with the kind of negative aspects of what's going on at the moment because we've covered that, and hopefully, people will know that we haven't forgotten. Yeah, football with fans is essential. We're watching a different product at the moment, 
But in terms of the experience, I personally found it not quite as heartbreaking as I thought I would because there was a different element of togetherness there. Yeah, absolutely. It reminded me of um, when the FA Cup was the showpiece event on British TV, really. So I was watching these highlights that Daniel Harris, um, at Daniel Harris on Twitter, posts now and again of Manchester United. So he goes back into history and finds a famous moment. And he posted some footage from the FA Cup final against Everton in 1985. And it was funny because I was listening to the commentary and thinking, my goodness, like watching the FA Cup was such an institution, like watching one match and one match only. And I think this is why the Champions League final still has that because the Champions League final is the highest quality football you will see, you know, higher than the World Cup final, in my opinion. Like it's the highest quality football you'll see in the world. And it's the nine one times thing out that, of 10. Nine times out of 10. But it's the mm. one thing that like, every, but te- you know, technical quality like, that everyone watches. Everyone that watches football watches the Champions League final. And it kind of felt like that sense of online community, like all the jokes, the lead up, the banter, like when everyone's live tweeting their impressions, I absolutely love that, that shared experience. I agree. And I think it's quite comforting in a way, or maybe it's just, it adds an element of small comfort in a time that is obviously quite testing. Yeah. We've said this a number of times that we are a hell of a lot luckier than the majority of the world who have been affected by this. We can work from home. I live alone, you live alone. And there are some people who are really, really going through at the moment. We shouldn't forget that. And football shouldn't be in its own little bubble, but we are essentially seeing the game that we love suffer yeah as well maybe financially to some but maybe emotionally and spiritually as kind of new age as that sounds in others like this is a different thing that we're watching so any level of comfort that people can take or that is created by this kind of shared experience of all watching the same games for a while Again, it kind of, I'm starting to go off on a tangent here, but it was kind of something that we touched on, I think, maybe early on in the lockdown when we said that whilst the effects of coronavirus have been brutal and really tragic for a lot of people, zooming out a little bit, it felt like the world needed to just hit pause for a sec. And everyone was so focused on what divided us that we didn't spend enough time kind of focusing on the things that really united us. Football and politics are two of the worst for that. You know, football Twitter can sometimes be the worst place on earth, but it can also sometimes be the best place on earth. Yeah. And what I really enjoyed about this weekend was that everyone was kind of in it together. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And it's like an extension of what's been going on the last couple of months. Like a lot of us are in this together and everyone has been checking in on each other and, you know, things like that. And just a little bit more aware of how we're all feeling about it. And there was some, there was an element of that that was in the coverage and the timelines of the weekend, which I haven't really seen in football Twitter before. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think there's a sense of I think the, the solidarity, the camaraderie that we've seen in the last few weeks, because we are kind of out the other side of it. This is the thing, no matter what lockdown comes after this, it will never feel like the first because the first time there's no idea what to expect. There's no coping mechanisms. There's no sense of who do I call when this happens? Who do I hang out with online if that happens? You know, there's no sense of that anymore. No, no matter what happens with the next lockdown, there may well be one. You know, there may be yeah. a resurgence of this stuff. And I think you're completely right. This has shown people maybe a better side of themselves. 
to a large extent. One thing I will say about the complexity and the confusion of watching this was summed up perfectly in a tweet by the Yorkshire branch of the St. Pauli Twitter account. So Yorkshire St. Pauli sent this amazing tweet about like whether they'd be watching the game or not, St. Pauli playing on the Sunday. And it's a great comment. Someone said, one of the tweets they sent was, um, yeah, one of our guys in Hamburg says he'll be watching the game, but only with one eye open. And I was like, yeah. that's amazing. So that exactly sums up somebody who is who loves their club passionately, but ideologically is opposed to the restarts for so yeah. many brilliant political reasons. And the quality of the political discourse around whether the game should restart or not has just been so high in Germany. I've been really encouraged by that, particularly in the football community, the football fan community. It's been really great. Yeah, this isn't a binary thing. Yeah. It's multi-layered and exactly, exactly. like often things are that with, with situations like this. Yeah. And I can totally understand the reasons for or against and on the fence it's yeah it's it's all very new you know so yeah, absolutely absolutely you know like we've said before like we weren't really sure it felt too soon even though this weekend i think was overall kind of as positive as you could have expected it to be yeah the real test will come with the next round of testing no pun intended yeah but also it's just kind of something we've got to get through before I forget, just just to jump in and before I forget, one thing that was really striking was watching the warmth of the post-match greetings among coaches and players. I know they always shake hands and whatever, or just acknowledge each other. They weren't shaking hands, obviously, this time. But just the particular warmth of, it was almost like the acknowledgement, the body language of, this is totally unusual. This, this is going to require a collective effort. It's actually, you know, it reminds you of that moment. You, you spoke about this on um, a previous podcast, maybe a few months ago when it was after a press conference and Niko Kovac stood up for players who were celebrating after a game. Yeah, it was after the classical last season where they hammered Dortmund. Yeah. That's right. And him and Lucien Favre actually acknowledged each other. And it was that moment of like, you saw there was a real peer group. You're like, we are basically providing entertainment under unusual circumstances and in slightly stressful circumstances. We're away from our families, maybe being tested a lot. We're under a certain pressure. And that moment was when you really see the Bundesliga is really this incredible community at its best of professionals. Do you know what I mean? We, we don't sometimes, I mean, that's what I want to say on this podcast. Like, shout out to everyone that made that possible, that took that risk to their health to make that possible. In the context of what happened, they put on a great spectacle. Yeah. You know, these were high quality games for the most part, I would say. I think uh, us two old men need to take a break before we start blubbing. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. We're going to go to Leipzig for the Freiburg game. Oh dear. He's still on the, the Nagelsmann train. I am, but I wonder if it's been derailed. They've worked them out. You know what? They, you know, watching Freiburg, so this was a one-all draw, and watching Freiburg attack and almost win. I mean, the offside that was given. Oh. I mean, it was someone's hand. Last it was, minute winner. It, it, was, it was. I think it was someone's shoulder was something like two inches past another defender's knee on the line. And if I mean, it's, that, we're gonna, are we really gonna get into a VAR thing? No, no, we're, we're not. We're it, not. But if that had been allowed, I think Leipzig they're tumbling. I mean, this is a third straight draw, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, in the league. 
people have worked without that they've worked out what they're doing. I mean, yes and no. I think it's quite difficult to draw conclusions in terms of form from the from this weekend because I mean you've seen how many injuries there were across yeah. the league. I mean Dortmund have got so many key play, players out. Yeah. And Leipzig have as well. And I think it's going to take people a while to get up to sharpness. I was actually surprised at the overall quality yeah. and how sharp people looked yeah. considering. But Freiburg caused Leipzig problems. They were a little bit lucky on the goal and they were maybe a touch unlucky on the winner that wasn't. But I mean, Leipzig had no Uber Meccano. Ibrahim Kanate is still back on the bench. It was a much changed Leipzig's starting eleven. Sabitzer was on the bench, came on. Um, Ademola Luckman started. There was a great moment from the commentator on Luckman. There was a, quite a few things actually on Ademola Luckman. <laughs> so there was one where he said, uh, Luckman with the no look, well, Luckman in German, it was Luckman mit dem uh, no look Abschluss. So basically look, Luckman with the no look shot, which I thought was <laughs> oh, very so clever. Good. He was the same commentator who called Holland the, uh, the Brecken mit the baby face. That's that so time. good. That's so good. But then, like we were talking about before we, we started recording, Adam Ola Luckman absolutely doinked one off a cameraman's head. Oh yeah, it was adorable. And the, the cameraman was actually like down and out for a bit and then like got yeah, back on it. I, d- I know. It was so adorable watching him just get back on it. Yeah, I'm doing my thing. So he hit one from like, what was it, like 20, 25 yards? Yeah, with plenty of pepper behind it. Smanged it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Smash and bang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you better leave that in. <laughs> I haven't said that for so long. And he absolutely, he actually ripped off this, and it, it clattered off this guy's head, off the side of his head. Yeah, yeah, and like knocked his headphones off, and he hit the deck. And uh, he was he was behind the the ad hoardings for a little bit, but he was good. He got up, carried on. Extremely painful. Shout out to the guys formerly known as the Starters, now No Dunks. Good basketball podcast. Yeah, we're going to try and bring in Doinka into the football language. Do you know? So it's basically like in the NBA, they always say that when someone gets like hit on the hit on the face, yeah, basketball, proper Doinka. Get doinked, yeah. (laughs) That's my new narrative that I'm pushing. Narrative, narrative. (laughs) The Doink narrative. It's all crossover. I'm sure I saw them once. Terrible band. The Doink narrative. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Side side project. Um, Before I forget. Leipzig Freiburg, there was a moment when Leipzig attacked and I thought, ah, is this how they've worked them out? When seven players from Freiburg flooded a central area in front of the back four and I thought, ah, you're confining them to the flanks. You're going to make it as hard as possible to beat you through the middle. And I think Nagelsmann's got to work out how to navigate that now. Mm. You know, how do you navigate it when players, when clubs are smart enough to flood the central area? And Christian Strike, you know, he's a canny guy. They're up to seventh now, I think, Freiburg, which is pretty handy. They are doing brilliantly well this season. Christian Strike, great my coach. guy. Yeah. One of the coach. one of the good guys of the Bundesliga in a league of good guys. And, you know, a good a good a good follow, actually, Freiburg. We mentioned it before, but underdogs, small compared to a number of other clubs, a, a number of other clubs who are below them. But are just smart. Smart a smart football club you know, run by a smart coach and, you know, a coach who cycles to the stadium when they play at home as well. You've got to say, when the lockdown has eased a bit, I fancy that as a, a weekend break, like a oh, break. A lovely, lovely weekend in the Black Forest. Just, Just head please. down there. Yeah. And they've got that amazing Absolutely. carnival. They have that amazing carnival. My friend DJ's at. 
It would be good to go this year, actually, because it's, gonna, it's the last year of their home ground before they move. So it would be nice to go and catch a game there if we were allowed. Yep, yep. Fingers crossed. Uh, where do you want to go next? Cologne? Cologne Mines? Cologne went 2-0 up. Ended 2-2. It's quite a good game, this, actually, I thought. Funny game, because Cologne sat and absorbed and then hit Mines and looked, looked more in control when they were in the back seat, weirdly enough. You know, there's a team that are mm. just like sparring with you. That was how Hot Cologne... Dato. Yeah, yeah. But th- what a job that Grisdol has done since taking over because that... Yeah, has- Grisdol's done an amazing job. I think from below, before... I can't remember when I tweeted this, but I think it was maybe a week or two before the shutdown. I think the only team that had had more points since he took over, I think, were Bayern. Something like that. I thought, or, or the form that they were on in the last 10 games prior, I think only Bayern were more informed than Cologne. They were gone. Did, a friend of mine, shout out to Zane, who'll be listening. Um, Zane dropped me a line yesterday, uh, yesterday evening. He was like, oh, can you come out? I was like, sorry, I've got to watch all these games. And he was like, oh, what a shame that Cologne, that Cologne lost the two goal lead. And I was like, dude, in context, you guys were done. Like looking at, you know, if, if you'd said in November, who's going down, they would have easily been one of the three names. Yep. And who they did were, he replace? The guy on the Mines bench. Jesus. What He's also not done a dreadful job at Mines either. I mean, they're a little bit more close to the bottom, but no, I, I, mean, I enjoyed this game and a good goal from Taiwo Awanii, who's on loan from Liverpool. So Liverpool fans, if you're interested in watching a future prospect on loan, make sure you watch Mines. Mines is uh, where Klopp was obviously once resident. Yep. And Marco Rosa played under Klopp at Mainz. Thomas Tuchel was at Mainz as well before going to Dortmund. Interesting town, that. Not far from Frankfurt. Maybe worth checking yeah. out at some point. Yeah. Shout for Bruno Labbadia, suited and booted, doing the business in Hoffenheim. They won 3-0 here and got in a lot of, well, got a lot of fingers pointed at them for their celebration because it wasn't very socially distant. No. <laughs> um, we had a question from Dan Roberts saying, how good is Mateus Cunha? I think... It's a good shout. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Hertha reconfigure under Labadia with new signings now a little bit more integrated, hopefully. We didn't really see how they would fully form under Klinsman because he kind of got the hell out of there, chop it out of there mm. um, before, the, before the shutdown. But I think he's an interesting signing and he looked bright on the weekend. Throughout. I mean, Hertha yeah. looked good, actually. I was, I was quite surprised at how good they did look. I mean, Hoffenheim aren't the... Yeah, but they did have that great win over Dortmund. But a lot of clubs in the Bundesliga tend to have those. Yeah, that's, point. yeah that's, that's not exactly a good indicator. What I will say about Hertha was the variety of goals they scored. I will say that, yeah. was, that was impressive. That's always a sign. No matter what team you are, no matter what level you're at, if you can score a variety of goals then that's impressive. They did. They've got, you know, to use the basketball terminology, they've got players who can create their own shots. Mm. Cunha can create his own opportunities. We saw that um, with his goal, which was superb. Great turn on the touchline. Cutting and finish. And how good is he? Well, frankly, I'd be very excited if I were a Hertha fan because he is aggressive in the best possible way. He attacks space. He attacks with depth and width. Um, Very good feet and unafraid of shooting from distance. And when you have a team you know, especially the better you get and the better her to get, they will have teams that sit deep against them. And someone having someone that can hurt you from range consistently opens up space behind. 
Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if you, <laughs> their forward line is changing, the spine of their team is changing. And whilst it wasn't great to watch under Klinsman, and obviously enough has been said about Klinsman, I said it before on the podcast that I went to quite a number of her games when Klinsman took charge. Mm. And you could see some shoots. Yeah. 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 It wasn't the best to watch by any means. And results weren't unbelievable but they were steadying a little bit they only really came undone in a couple of home games but they were less dramatic on the pitch than they were off it and I think if Labadia can get them playing they're not going to they're not going to do anything major this season at all but they do have this vision for the future and it's something that gets mocked quite a lot the whole big C club thing I'm not going to say that they've turned a corner after one game because at the end of the day it's Hoffenheim away but there was a level of dynamism to Hertha that I haven't seen for a while. Uh, if I have, it's, it's been rare. That's the most entertaining I've seen them for a yeah. while, for sure. And, yeah. you know, maybe that's because Labadee is wearing a suit and he's the only person in the Bundesliga to do so. So, <laughs> yeah. look good, play good. Quick mention to Wolfsburg-Ausburg. Do you know why? Go for um, it. There's two reasons why I want to mention that game. Firstly, because Kevin and Babu had a great performance at right back for Wolfsburg. Also beat Augsburg 2-1. And Mbappé was really struggling to get games. He came over from Switzerland and had won a couple of league titles there and came to Wolfsburg and, full disclosure, actually got to have a little bit of a chat with him at their annual event. And he was kind of like trying to get in the team. And I'm just so happy to see him excelling because him and Paolo Otavio were brilliant as the fullbacks of Wolfsburg. But the reason I want to mention this match primarily is the goal by Renato Steffen. He scores a header from the from behind the penalty spot. It's a flying header from behind the penalty spot with the power, like almost with the power of a volley. It's one of the best goals that didn't have an audience ever. Like it's amazing if you get a chance to watch it. Really did cross from Paolo Tavio and he hammers this header into the left-hand corner. Um, yeah, so worth checking that out for that alone. Also, Bayern beat Union 2-0 in Berlin. Not the greatest of games. Bayern weren't that great I think Union did okay actually they, they just they, they missed a couple of really good chances before Bayern took the lead uh, Lewandowski with the penalty 26 and 24 for Lewandowski now oh pushing them pushing the magical number of 40 only Gerd Muller has hit 40 Bundesliga goals in a season one thing I'll say about this game very quickly is um, a shame that Union were beaten like that you know they it's ironic that Nevin Subotic conceded the penalty because he one of the people didn't want to really play. He was one of the people that was not didn't want to play, but he was unsure whether the, the Bundesliga could return this early. And Bayern's goals came. This is a testament to the quality of Union's play in terms of like breaking up the play. They scored from a penalty and a corner. They mm. couldn't break them down in open play, which I think is a testament to the quality of what Union have put together and also playing without their coach on the sideline. Um, so... Yeah, a really, it was weird. It's, it's nothing good to be taken from a defeat per se, but there was a resilience to Union. I mean, considering they lost their first game of the season, what, like 4-0 or something? Mm. Look, how, look how far they've come. I mean, yeah, they got they, hammered by Leipzig, didn't they? Yeah, they now look good, good value to stay up with a little bit to spare, actually. Yeah, that's kind of pretty much the Bundesliga for the weekend. But I think that if people are looking for more football to watch, watch the Bundesliga too. Because... Yes. None of the top four won this weekend. Yeah. And it's a really, really interesting title race. Stuttgart lost to bottom three side Vayen 
2-1 away and Stuttgart are looking like they could potentially blow an automatic promotion spot. I mean, they're level now on points with Hamburg, who drew, Bielefeld drew, who are top, Heidenheim lost, who are fourth behind Stuttgart. It's a fun league, the, the Schweizer Bundesliga, and it I really would recommend, is. you know, until the football comes back, well, I would recommend watching it anyway for people who, who like the Bundesliga, because it is just as fun and the atmospheres are just as good and there are some huge clubs in that division. Well, the Bielefeld, Bielefeld interesting. So a friend of mine, I actually watched the Bielefeld game the other day because a friend of mine's a massive Bielefeld fan, one of the guys I play football with. And they are interesting. I mean, you look at, they're kind of the new Paderborn. Paderborn last year came up, had a brilliant attack and then sold their two best attackers and of course have struggled ever since. I just hope that Bielefeld can hold together. I mean, their goal difference is like, what, plus, almost plus 30. I just hope they can hold together their attacking players when they come up because I want to just see them play how they've played all year in the, in the, in the Zweite Liga, in the, in the Bundesliga. I mean, I think they'll go up. I think they've, they've, they're seven points clear at the top and yeah. I can't see both Stuttgart and Hamburg overtaking them. It's too much firepower. Maybe one, but I can't see both. But yeah, there's some good games to come in the, in the Bundesliga too as well. So, And I'm not sure if BT are showing them in the UK. I think they are. I think they're showing all of them at the moment. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Um, but yeah, I would recommend watching the Zweiter Bundesliga. Obviously, Dinamo Dresden, Hanover was postponed because Dinamo Dresden are in quarantine still. Bad thing for Dresden was that Karlsruhe were won at the weekend against Darmstadt, which means that they now have to win their game in hand to remain level on points with Karlsruhe. And I think they're going to be two behind because obviously then Vejen beat Stuttgart as well. So that was a bad weekend for Dresden down at the bottom. But Good to see everyone's, the eyes of the world are on the Bundesliga, man. Absolutely. Die Augen der Welt. Exactly. We're busting out the German today, aren't we? We really are. It's about time. Been here long enough. Exactly. <laughs> At that sweet spot of Germans thinking we can't speak German and English people thinking we're fluent. Exactly. It's a beautiful place to live. Uh, let's do this one from Frank Sidekick and then let's get out of here. He said, what's the best thing you've ever done, not in front of a crowd that should have had a crowd? I was going to say 90% of my gigs. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> that is devastating. That's absolutely devastating. Actually, it's probably better that there weren't a crowd. There wasn't a crowd. Oh <laughs> Best thing, um, maybe a football example. Um, I've got a footballing example as well. There was a goal I scored once and I wish there had been people there to show off to, but there was no one. It was just, we were just playing in like some... I was playing for like my law firm, shout out to Lovells. It's now called Hogan Lovells. Um, Levels? Lovell, yes, Lovells. Um, and I, was play- I wasn't very happy there, but it was one of the things I did I was happy with. And I scored a goal in just some uh, midweek league game and there was no one to watch but my teammates. And I remember thinking, I wish there'd been someone to show off to about that because like, I'm not in touch with anyone who I scored that goal around. So like, unless I talk about it, the goal no longer exists. So yeah, like a, if a tree falls in the woods, kind of thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If a derby takes place in an empty stadium, is it a derby? Uh, yeah. Mine was um, so when I used to play twice a week, seven aside at Trinity in Manchester, and there was a bit of a phase where I used to do the you know the Meza Erzl chewing gum keepy up thing. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And I did it a few times. It was only ever the person next to me who saw it, and they looked really impressed. So basically chewing gum in the mouth, spit it out, kick it back up, catch it back in your mouth again. I wish that, I wish more people had seen that. I wish there was someone filming me when they did that so it could be slow mode. Then you could just sort of upload it and have it as viral content, couldn't you? I'd I'd post it once a week from my Instagram. Every throwback Thursday, (laughs) just post the same slow-mo thing of you doing the chewing gum keepy up thing. 
Well, it's funny, talking of things that get caught on camera, I was on Twitter a couple of years ago and my cousin, who now coaches football out in Oklahoma, um, uploaded a picture of his videos, his highlight films when he was playing college soccer. Oh, wow. And he was absolutely amazing. Like he was beating players like double step overs and like curling these beautiful shots top corner. I remember thinking, what an incredible highlight reel just to have forever. Like two mates, two minutes of you just bawling out. You can share it anytime. And I shared it on um, Twitter. Or I did it on Twitter and my friends were like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, that's my cousin. Like it, like it was me. Like I was so happy to be associated with someone that good. So yeah, at least one of us made it. Hey, you made it, man. <laughs> You've got books and stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I can't complain. People are going to read you after you die, man. Oh my goodness. Don't waste your time, lads. Don't read that. <laughs> Don't read that. Let's get out of here. Um, Thursday, we're going to do an episode all about number nines. Yes. Classic number nines. Engine, so, engine. Number, number nine. nine. So I would say classic number nines. What's the definition? I think we know what they are. I think Yeah, you know we've a, gone through this yeah. a, bit, a bit on the podcast before, haven't we? But no Ronaldo, no Messi. You know a classic nine when you see one. No replies, please. Exactly. Don't at us. Actually, yeah, do at us. No, don't. don't. At Musa. Don't at me. Leave me out of this. I've got <laughs> enough to do. <laughs> Um, hope everyone's staying well and staying healthy. I know we say that every week, but we do genuinely mean it. And just trying to think if there's any more Stadio stuff we need to talk about. We're going to reduce the amount of Stadio sessions we we do now. Maybe do it monthly. Let's see. Something just like that. To, no one needs that. Back, no one needs that back. every week. People have got stuff to do. You know, we're already giving them two podcasts a week. It's like, God, get out of my way. boys. <laughs> Please. But also because people have got their Fridays back now to a certain extent, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Go and enjoy it. You don't, you, you know, you've, you've put up with us enough over the last two months, which we're massively grateful for, but you should go and have some fun as <laughs> go opposed and enjoy to all the time. Yeah. <laughs> God, you've earned it listening to our nonsense. <laughs> don't forget to check the outro Spotify playlist on, on Spotify, obviously. There's a link to it in the podcast description in your podcast app that you're listening to. That's where we put all of the tunes we play out with every week. You can follow it as well, so it automatically updates. The latest tune goes at the top. Occasionally people ask us if there is a playlist. There is. It's there. Hope that you enjoy it. And on that note, we're playing out this week on Dream Baby Dream by Suicide. Because we can all dream. We can indeed. Of a day when fans are back in the stadiums, everyone is safe, and we can all get through this. This song is so uplifting as well. It's perfect to end on, I think. Stay well, everyone. We'll be back on Thursday. Take care. Till the next time. Baby
Keep that dream burn. Keep that dream burn. 